Hey, Lucas, welcome to the Gapped Podcast. How are you doing? Great, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Lucas, big announcement recently, but uh, signing for EF, which is absolutely incredible. Well done. Um, it's great to see British riders on the world tour. Uh, but let's start right at the beginning. How did you get into riding? Uh, yeah, I got into riding through my dad. He took me out, um, yeah, riding a lot in Ethiopia. I started out, um, yeah, he used to take me out up onto Mount Entoto, which is actually where most of the runners trained, but it was really, really great riding. And so, yeah, he used to take me out there, um, had a, had a little single speed bike, he used to race around on that. So that's where it all started. For the benefit of the listeners, like your dad was a phenomenal athlete in himself, uh, used to run for Great Britain. He's got, if I'm not mistaken, the fourth or fifth, fifth fastest British time for the marathon. Uh, used to run 10Ks regularly as well. Um, yeah, used to compete at a very, very high level. And he moved to Ethiopia uh, to train at altitude where, with all the other great runners out there. And that's where you come in and that's where you grew, grew up in a sense. Um, in terms of the riding out in Ethiopia when you were growing up, is that we're talking road riding or was it more like gravel and stuff? Yeah, it was uh, on the yeah on the mountain bike on trails up there. Um, more often than not, I think the roads are really really busy. Uh, they're pretty chaotic, so I guess they're not the ideal place to learn. I would sometimes ride on roads just to get to the mountain, um, but most of the time, yeah, was was on little trails. Which was yeah ideal for a learner. I imagine like there wasn't much coaching going on there. It was more a case of you're on your bike, you're just collecting hours and picking up skills as you're going along. Yeah, yeah, completely. There was no. Oh, I, 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 um, I moved from Ethiopia when I was seven, so it was only when I was from a real young age when I was riding there. So, um, I mean, at that time, it's not even like a a hobby. It's just something I'd occasionally, you know. Maybe once a week, I'd ask my dad, oh, can we, can we go riding?" And I, I'd, I'd go, because um, I guess the norm in my family was to, was to run, but I didn't enjoy that quite as much as, as cycling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a conversation I have with my friends very often, and I, I imagine this conversation that happens across the cycling world uh, about nature and nurture. You're an incredibly talented athlete, but it's clear you've come from a talented family. Um, of uh, athletes i know your sister as well she's a very high level runner as well um, yeah so how much do you think for yourself was nurture and how much was nature I, I imagine you work incredibly hard but did you find that perhaps you were just winning races from the off um yeah i think oh, there's a there's a lot of nature but also i think um an overlooked part is sort of the the environment you grow up in obviously for me yeah there's a huge part is in genetics um but i wasn't really winning races you know straight away from a, a youth it was more that i think um yeah my dad and my whole family they just helped um i was always in like an athletic environment so it was very normal to go out and train it was very normal to um like work hard and that was yeah i think that was a, like a uh not so much a culture just a yeah a habit of our of our family was you know if it's a weekend 
let's go out and ride a bike or run rather than go to the movies or something. Um, so I, I think that's, yeah, that's a huge part in it. Um, not just a genetic side, the actual environment growing up. And then, yeah, of course, there's, there's uh, some aspect of my own hard work. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. And like most people say, it's a mix of both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, good insights that you're given there, though. Um, the fact that your family is almost set up um, for you and I guess your sister to excel at sport. Uh, because, as you mentioned, on the weekend, you're not going out to the movies. You're out riding your bike or perhaps going for a run, etc. Uh, at what age then did you start like formal coaching and formal like racing, I guess, within the BC scene? Um, yeah, so I started racing uh, in the under 12 category. So that was when I was 10 years old. Then um, I guess the coaching just progressed gradually so i it go it went from that age i was going to the local saturday session um at my local club ppycc once a week um and that was yeah like skills based activities learning a little bit about racing tactics um and then it was only really a lot later when i turned 16 17 as a junior that i um had formal coaching from yeah like an external coach um and yeah that was obviously a big change um pretty eye-opening for me um and yeah from them it's just progressed I had well I had yeah one long-term coach Peter Georgie who I mean yeah he's helped me I guess the bigger change was actually not so much just the training but it was also all the the off-bike uh understanding and recovery and, and stuff like this which yeah I guess when you're younger you don't really understand but it becomes more and more important as you're doing more and more hours. I didn't find this uh, online as such when doing research on yourself, but did you come through the BC system at all? Not really, actually. I was pretty bad as a as a youth. Um, so I had the furthest I got in the BC st- system was um, regional schools of racing, which was like it's a, yeah, it's a scheme where, um, yeah, maybe 30 of, 30 of us go to the track and all ride together for the sort of for the region. But yeah, I never get onto the um, Apprentice Academy or later the Junior Academy. Um, yeah. That's mad. And then considering BC, I guess, overlooked to you, uh, as you mentioned, you perhaps weren't doing so well and now you've made it world tour. Uh, so let's talk Trinity Racing in that case. Uh, one of the biggest uh, teams in the UK, Conti, uh, Conti teams. What was that like? At what point did you make that step up? And did you start to think that this could become a career at that point? Yeah, so I stepped up to Trinity Racing um, from juniors. And yeah, that was through a friend I'd made from the junior team. I was with um, VC Londres. So Thomas Glogue had ridden for Trinity and was still riding on Trinity when I was when I joined. Um, and yeah, it was it was a big big step up. Um, I mean, you go from just going to races with your mum and your dad, and to to going with a team, which is a pretty different atmosphere. And then also just the whole side of um, whole new side of cycling, really, where working as a team um, is everything. You go, 
from a junior you get individual results and everything really is based around yourself you you just go every weekend fight for your own result um and your success is determined by your result at the end of the day whereas yeah with with a team it's um very very different you have set goals and success is, isn't really about especially for my first year of the team the success wasn't actually about how yeah the result at the end of the day it was more what i could learn from the team and how i could help the team what was uh making you most anxious when you stepped up uh, well i think i was a pretty big shock to the system the first race i did was uh a belgium elite racer one uh a 1.1 GP Monterey. And yeah, I, I remember just being in the bunch and yeah. So first I'd gone from racing, I guess a hundred longest 130 K races to that race was, uh, over 200 K. So that was a, that was pretty was, scary. Was that going um, around a town or was it like, through yeah, Belgium? it was, it was around a circuit. I think it was around, wow. um, a 20 K circuit. Mad. And, um yeah i mean obviously the distance is pretty daunting but you can get beyond that and then it was just like the the speed on the first lap i was thinking i was like i just was stuck in the middle of the, the bunch and i had absolutely no, no idea how you could be you know at the front of a race like that um but i guess it yeah it slowly comes the first few races were a bit of a baptism of fire um yeah especially because those belgian races don't completely suit me um I prefer something a bit here rather than that was just crosswinds and uh and cobbles but i imagine the team like supported you in that they kind of expected that to happen and i guess you showed your true colors later on anyway yeah completely that the yeah that the it was pretty perfect actually just to learn the the way of racing quite quickly if you're thrown in um at the deep end you just have to you have to adapt pretty quickly so the first few races um yeah, the, the job was just to do a role early for the team normally. Um, and then, yeah, once I'd done that, try and hang in as long as I could. Um, but yeah, then then I guess later in the year, I had a few more races that suited me more. And then um, I still didn't really perform particularly well in those. But it was, yeah, I was, I, was, I guess, finding my feet a little bit more in, in those races um, and seeing what, yeah, what needed to be done to be at the front. When you stepped up from you, if you mentioned now with Trinity, Conti team, you're racing as a team, there's certainly tactics involved. You're often sacrificed, like perhaps sometimes you're even told, do not finish the race uh, because you have to save yourself for X, Y, and Z or, or sacrifice yourself even. Uh, what else was um, a big change other than that? Um, yeah, I think there's a huge off off the bike component with team morale as well with you know not i mean in the one days it's important but especially in the stage races when you you know you have up to 10 days at that level together when there's you know six or seven of you um and you have to i mean you have to just keep morale high it's such an important important side of cycling so um you know like around the dinner table having good chats making sure everyone's making sure everyone's okay feeling good ready for the next days um yeah and then i guess as a like a technical point the nutrition is is a huge part it's not just 
um, changing with the age groups. It's just changing so quickly with with time. I mean, ten years ago in the world tour, they they were fueling completely differently to how we fuel now. Um, so yeah, that that's a that's a huge huge step. Uh, we'll go into feuding in the world tour uh, when we get to there. Um, but uh, you had an absolutely stunning season this year. Um, it clearly raised eyebrows. It clearly got you uh, looked at by teams uh, across the board. And of course, you got signed by EF Education. What was the highlight for you, though? Um, well, I think in terms of like pure shock, it was probably... Uh, the first race of the year, Gran Camino, I, yeah, I really didn't expect to be at that level. Um, yeah, so especially the the first day we raced properly, um, and I got into the white jersey, that was pretty crazy. Um, and then, I guess, yeah, from that race on, the expectations change a little bit. You're, then I went up to under twenty three races, what like wanting and knowing that I could win if um I did if I did things right. Um, and then yeah, I guess the next biggest one was at the Baby Giro. Um, yeah, because my dad was there as well, so that was pretty special. I had a really bad day the day before, um, and fell out of GC. But then, yeah, I mean, I just put everything on the line for the next day. Um, yeah, and, and luckily it paid off. Brilliant. So you mentioned previously coming on, uh, Grand Camino was when EF Education started the discussion and perhaps got in touch. Was that the time they got, uh, they noticed you or was there something prior you had, you knew that they were watching you in a sense? I think that's the first time they were aware of me. I, I could be wrong. Um, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that I'm not aware of. Um, but yeah, I think from completely from a result point of view, that was the first time. Um, yeah, they they became aware of me. Uh, what 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 does that actually look like though? Is that a phone call from Jonathan Vortis, or is it uh, someone getting in touch with your agent and then Chinese whispers in the sense? Yeah, a lot more on the second part. Um, everything th- through my agent. Um, so yeah, I didn't actually hear. You know, I don't hear much. I just get. A message from my agent saying gotcha. this person's interested they want to uh fly you out or they want to get you in for testing or something and um yeah i mean then i then together we decide if i want to go for it um and then yeah i mean it's uh especially at this age it's um like a collective decision because i yeah especially at the time i, di- I didn't really know what i wanted um as time moved on i realized a bit more what i wanted but yeah for sure um it's important yeah just to speak to see my agent but then also just a lot of a lot of the people i was with in girona they'd obviously gone through the same process as me so they, they knew a bit more what they're doing i was at a giro kit reveal earlier this year at rafa clubhouse of course, Rafa is a big sponsor of EF Education. Jonathan Voltes was there. Uh, he was talking about the team, the Giro team. Um, and there was one thing that I that really came across from Jonathan Voltes. Uh, of course, it was a British audience, but you could tell there were, he had a certain amount of love and affection for his British riders. And there's something about 
British riders that he really likes. Do you think that was in some way helped you uh, join his team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, for me as a new pro, it was pretty important to go into a um, an English speaking team, just so I could. I mean, yeah, it's hard enough um, to communicate what you need. So I didn't want language to be another another barrier with that. Um, and then, yeah, I think for sure there's, um, I mean, there's a really good a really good setup with a lot of. Um, yeah, I mean, American and British riders um, that are, yeah, already on the team and I already knew a fair few of them. So it made, it made the transition a lot easier than if I'd gone to a team which was, com- yeah, completely new to me. Am I correct in thinking Ben Healy is your roommate? Uh, he was okay for this last season, for 2023. Um, but then, yeah, like a few weeks ago, I've moved out uh, with them Trinity riders. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Did he tap you up? Sorry? Did he tap you up? Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm sure he helped in your development as well as a, as a rider. Oh, yeah, massively. I, I mean, I was living with, um, yeah, both Ben and Tom Glove, who's on Yumbo. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was probably the most important part of my development, living with them. Um, yeah, seeing what they're, seeing what they're doing learning from them as much as I can. Um, yeah, and just like sort of understanding the life life of a, a full-time athlete because I'd come from, um, yeah, from school. So that was a very different environment from, you know, part-time school, part-time riding to now every every day is, uh, is just cycling, basically. What are you most looking forward to on the world tour? Good question. I think... Yeah, a bigger variety in races and especially the first year, I guess a bigger variety of roles because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be leader at many races. So it's just, um, yeah, going to be getting stuck into stuck into lots of different roles, seeing yeah, seeing what I can do um, in different, yeah, in different terrains. I, I haven't really found out what I'm, I'm best at. I mean, I'm like slowly finding out, especially this year. Um, with races like Gran Camino and, and Baby Giro, but it's still, yeah, I'm, I'm still pretty young. Um, and there's still lots of, yeah, races I'd like to try out and stars of racing I'd like to do. You, uh, you've just had your training camp. I imagine you sat down with your coach. Uh, did he lay out a plan, uh, for the coming year? What kind of races you're looking at, etc.? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, it was actually more so. I sat down with the DS as a director of sportifs for my race program, um, but then also with my coach for, um, yeah, like an, an overview on how we're going to build into these races. Um, this period at the moment is pretty important. You know, the December, January, building building well into these races, making sure you're in good shape um, for races. I mean, you know, they start in January, February, so you have to be in good shape, but you don't want to be... Um, yeah, you don't want to be cooked come come July, August when the most important races are. Absolutely. Uh, so a training camp for a pro, it looks awesome on GCN, um, but I imagine there's a lot of nitty-gritty stuff going on in the background as well. What does it look like as a pro going on a World Tour training camp? 
yeah, I mean, it was a first one and it was uh it was quite an experience. I think the first the first day we had a an opening dinner and when I just yeah stepped into the room I was I was pretty blown away. It was I think there were 160 people there on the wow. first day. Um so there's yeah, so many people there, so many things to do. I mean, every day um yeah, the the riding is actually you know, not dissimilar to what you're doing day to day training in terms of in terms of the load. It's not much hard. It's probably slightly easier, um, but it's just all the all the activities and and meetings you have outside of it, which because uh, at December camp, that's sort of the one of the yeah the, the focuses is is a meeting as well as the training. Um, so it was. Yeah, it was almost harder on the rest day because I had so much to do. Um, and also there's so much, um, I guess, different sorts of testing to do. Um, not necessarily on the bike testing, but um, yeah, cardiac testing, blood testing, yeah, all sorts of, yeah, take a lot of time and energy. Did you have things like bike, bike fits? Um, I'm guessing you were tested for size of jerseys, et cetera, as well, is that? Is that all? Um, yeah, we had the we had the bike fits and the kit fitting a bit earlier. Um, so yeah, sort of in the middle of off season. Okay. So yeah, all the all the bikes and and the kit was fitted before the camp, so we could just get in the kit, get on the bikes, and pretty much have no issues. There are a few minor tweaks to make, yeah. um, as always, but um, yeah, pretty pretty little in that department. Do you have uh, sit downs with either mechanics or uh, even sponsors who explain, right, we do th things like this, or this is the three types of jerseys we offer, or this is the types of saddles we offer. Do you have those kind of conversations with? Yeah. Those? Yeah. Almost, almost every meet, um, evening we'd have a meeting with a different, a different sponsor, um, whether that be uh, the nutrition sponsor, the, yeah, the clothing sponsor, just to make sure we're all, aware of the product we all buy into the product um and yeah like know how to know how to use it i mean with with kit it's pretty easy um but yeah especially with with the nutrition with yeah those things it's just, um a bit more nuanced and changes a bit between brands so you have to you have to know what their philosophy is yeah absolutely and uh you're very very fortunate well I guess cycling's moving away from the one-year contract, which was so common, um, and you've been fortunate enough to sign a three-year contract. What kind of, um, how do you say, uh, how does this set you up, and uh, does it make it, do you feel more secure knowing that you've got a few years to have a real go at this? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, it kind of, yeah, it, it, it makes you... Um, yeah, like able to focus more on the racing in the first year and just get as much experience as you can in your first year and you're not chasing results, um, which I guess can be detrimental if you're, you know, if you're learning as much as you can, you want to just be learning and not worrying about the contract for the next year. Um, so I think, yeah, for me especially, it was really important to sign um, a bit of a longer deal just so, uh, yeah, I can I can settle into World Tour for a year or two uh, and then... Yeah, I mean, hopefully in the second or third year, start to get some results. Um, but yeah, not have to stress about that at all in the first year. Yeah, absolutely. 
when you went to that dinner on that first night, who were you secretly wishing you got to sit next to? <laughs> Good question. Um, well, to be honest, at that time, probably just people I knew. It was a bit daunting. So, yeah, um, yeah you know, trying to find a few familiar faces, sit down, sit down next to them. Um, do, you, do you have yeah. any huge fans in the yeah. Well, they're now yeah, teammates, I, but I, so I, it kind I, of I, changes I, the dynamic. Racing right? with, well, I mean, like when I was growing up racing, I, I'd always look up to. Yeah, and guys like um, Chavez. I remember when, well, like, yeah, when he, when he was on bike exchange, um, yeah, win, winning stages of all sorts of racing. He was, um, yeah, someone I looked up to a lot. So that was pretty cool seeing him there. I was listening to another podcast you did only a few weeks ago. You were mentioning the philosophy of EF, how they allow riders freedom, and you know they're doing so many. Uh, incredible things across the board not just in road racing is that something you see yourself dipping into perhaps not in the first year but perhaps in the future like what Lachlan Morton does for example yeah I mean I, I guess I'll have to see I think at the moment it's um just on the road I uh yeah I love road racing I haven't tried any gravel racing um so I think to be honest yeah for the first few years of my of my career i'll probably just focus on road racing um and maximize that but i think also just the way road racing is going in general we you race on different surfaces quite a lot i mean it got popularized obviously first with belgian classics on on the cobbles but then also now with races like strada bianchi on yeah on, on gravel and more and more races uh are incorporating that into into the uh into the route so i think it's a pretty important skill um yeah to have to be able to rise on all sorts just a few more questions before we wrap up then uh your biggest learning so far lucas as a rider um technically i'd say it's, it's been being able to navigate the bunch and be confident in it um i think that's been a huge step um step for me it's been i mean yeah in in races nowadays that's the difference between winning and losing um if you if you can't position yourself into a climb if you can't position yourself into a critical sector i mean obviously there's a crap risk of crashing but then there's also just a huge waste of energy um so yeah technically that's been a huge point and then i think also yeah off the bike finding things to do um to sort of relax has been has been big and it's, yeah it's a big change going from trying to cram everything into a day when i had when i had uh, a levels to having a whole day to do a ride and everything has to be you know like built up around that and and have the ride be the focus of the day and everything else um help you towards that absolutely uh, i think what you mentioned first is a huge it's something so big that it's often overlooked. Um, everyone focuses on the engine uh, and aerodynamics is huge nowadays, but you're right. Like just conserving energy, knowing what to do when is massive. You can have the biggest energy, as you know, and still come out last if you don't know what you're doing. So that's a good point. Um, just to wrap up then, um, you've got a 16, 17 year old rider. He's coming up the Conti scene or similar 
wants to follow perhaps in your footsteps or otherwise like what advice do you have to someone like that yeah i think for me the biggest thing was surrounding yourself with with guys um who basically want to be um so when i was yeah 16 17 that was being at vcl and being surrounded by guys you know a few years older who have all now gone gone to world tour yeah we've gone to great things and that that was a first step in me really learning what it would be like to be yeah a, a good racer they just yeah talking to them on the rides seeing how they yeah feel about races was massive to me and helped me yeah like relax a lot i mean i was i was yeah slowly built up if you i was realizing oh okay i can train with them i can do a few efforts with them then i can begin to race like them and then yeah the next big step was moving to Girona, um being surrounded by all the pro riders learning how they live um yeah and also like when yeah just means when you get to a race it's a lot less stressful because you're not racing um yeah against like rivals you're racing with friends most of the time which yeah helps helps a lot that's uh again you bring up such a good point lucas like uh who you surround yourself with is eventually who you become right so yeah yeah completely surround yourself with pros or perhaps better bike riders and you're going to become that right yeah yeah brilliant lucas thanks for coming on uh we really really hope you the best in this year and uh going forward as well and uh we're very very fortunate to have you on and we think it's incredible we've got another british rider on the world tour scene well done thank you very much